Hello and welcome to Guy Perryman Interviews. Our travel companion today is Rina Sawayama, British-based Japanese musician and gender and cultural identity trailblazer, who was in Japan for Summer Sonic Music Festival in Tokyo in August 2022. The conversation took place at the Tokyo Toranamon Edition Hotel and was first broadcast across Japan on my InterFM radio show. Enjoy the journey! It is wonderful to welcome in the flesh, Rina Sawayama. Hello. Hi, how are you? Nice to speak to you in the flesh. I know. We met online. We did an interview. I, I know it was back in May 2021. Wow. It was early in the UK, early morning in the UK, late night in Japan. So we were both in our gym jams and we yes. did it. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, the, those two years I did spend in my, <laughs> yeah. in my jammies. Yeah, for the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely to see you here in Tokyo. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. It's my... It's been three years since I've been back, so... You were here for Summer Sonic 2022. It's a couple of days after the show. How are you feeling? How was the show? It was so much more than I dreamed of, actually, because I went to Summer Sonic when I was, like, 21 or 22 or oh. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the year that Rihanna played, and actually I went to the Osaka one, and it was Taihu, and <laughs> uh, loads of acts had to be cancelled, I oh. think. It was, like, three main stage acts that had to be cancelled because of the um, thunder and the lightning struck the stage. So <laughs> it was pretty chaotic. Actually, but even still, I had a great time. So, but it was the direct opposite in Osaka. It was very, very hot this time. So, it was just amazing. And I really felt the energy of the crowd that had been waiting for this this festival for three years. And it's been a really amazing festival run that I've had this year because that's been the case with loads of festivals that has been cancelled and pushed pushed back. There were a lot of very, very, very happy fans there in the stadium for you. Oh, I know. I saw them. It was so amazing. People made like posters and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I, because I, I haven't been back in Japan, I haven't actually done any real life promotion or I haven't met any Japanese fans. So this was the first time and it's been amazing. You made a big, powerful and personal statement about gender and about lack of equality of marriage here in Japan. Thank you to that. Oh, so. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I, uh, really acknowledge that I'm in a very privileged position by living in the UK where it is uh, same-sex marriages legalized and there are anti-discrimination laws and I know that it's not that's not the case for the people here and I wanted to say what the actual reality was to a crowd of majority non-LGBT people that felt important to me because it's without allies we can't get stuff done so Do you get scared or nervous when you know you're going to say something like that to a, such a huge group of people? No. Um, I only got nervous because of my Japanese. Um, <laughs> I, ha- I made like little notes on my set list, but I couldn't really read them. I don't know. I wrote them, you know, I, I had them written in kanji and stuff and I really couldn't read them. Um, so I was a bit nervous about that. But no, not really. I mm. mean, in... The West, like, festivals are a place of politics, I think, and people do make loud statements. And when Roe v. Wade was overturned, for example, like, so many people were talking and speaking up about it. So, yeah, to me, it's it's not um, scary at all because I... I'm not renouncing anyone. I'm just trying to spread a message of positivity and, Mm. yeah, like, just a call for progress. Mm. Are you going to say everything you want to say through your music? Are you also going to use the platform in public, like on a stage or in the media as well? Do you have additional things you want to add to what you say in the music? With music, like especially with this record, I really wanted to write a really good pop song. 
And I wanted every song to be a good pop song before the message was really got through. And I really like to disguise my messages underneath pop songs. That's something I really like to do. So to me, music always comes first in terms of how it sounds, how catchy it is and the technicality of a pop song. And if I'm able to enmesh some fun, you know, politics in there, then that's amazing. But um I just think, you know, some of the most incredible artists have always been political and have used their platform for good. Like you think about Elton John and his work with AIDS and HIV, um, Lady Gaga and how she helped overturn Don't Speak, Don't Tell in America. So I really want to, yeah, just drive some positive change. Good. Is Hold the Girl, again, very personal for you? Any change in the overall feeling of the album and you? It's much more personal. It was a tough record to make. The bits before the record, you know, all the emotional work that I did uh, through therapy or reading or, you know, all that self-care stuff was pretty hard. But I feel like a really, really different person now. I feel really pretty free from it. Um, And the creation of a song is always like the last part of the self-care process. For me, it's not, I I don't use it to medicate. I always deal and understand my emotions like in a place of therapy before I come to songwriting. So Mm. um, it actually really felt like the last piece in the puzzle. And then I think performing it to a crowd is really going to feel like that cherry on top. Back to festivals. Do you love festivals? I love festivals. <laughs> I, at the beginning, was very scared of festivals because they're very chaotic. And I don't know if people know, but every single festival has kind of different specs. So on a technical level, we, we might not get the specs that we want in some stages. And then we might get that and more on some stages. It's speaking of stages, stages size can really vary. Like to the Tokyo one was enormous. <laughs> and you really think about how much more breath you have to use between like one edge of the stage and the other. And then some stages are much smaller. So the chaos and the unpredictability of that, uh, the beginning was making me feel very anxious, but now I just embrace it. And I really feel like I'm a better performer for performing to a crowd that's not just my crowd. And here you are in Japan. You've talked about, of course, and you've sung about your chosen family, but how about your, your, your relatives, your relatives here in Japan? Are you going to catch up with them? Yeah, you just miss my mom, actually. She oh. just, yeah, she's been staying here at the same hotel and she, she left uh, to go back. She lives in Atami, which is a really nice kind of resort seaside town. So she's chilling there. Yeah, and I'm seeing my dad tonight for dinner. So, yeah, I'm trying to catch up with my friends as well. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And how about your chosen family? My chosen family are mostly based in LA in the UK. Oh. Um, there is one special person called Robin uh, who lives here, who I love dearly. And I'm um, hopefully... Yes. He's a mate of mine. No way. Yes way. Oh, I love fact, him. I, I knew that you knew him because I've seen, he's, he's told me I've seen messages on Insta or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you two are mates with each other. Yeah, I've known Robin for years. Wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love him so much. Such a, such an angel. So yeah, I haven't seen him. I actually, he actually came to Summer Sonic, but I didn't see him because our artist area was very, very far from the stage we were playing. So yeah, I didn't get to see him, which is a shame. But, um, oh. yeah, I, I, I really want to go karaoke with him because I, and, oh, got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. He always sings like um, Bjork and stuff, which is so cool for Would karaoke. you sing your own songs at karaoke? Hell yeah. That's my dream. And this is maybe the first time ever that I don't know if my songs are in karaoke, to be honest. Oh, okay. But if they are, then hell yes, I'll be singing them. Bravo. Fantastic. Sure. <laughs> Apart from music, acting, can you talk about John Wick Chapter 4? 
Yes, John Wick Chapter 4, Parabellum. Um, I am so excited for that to come out because I've seen it. Oh. Yeah. It's all done. It's all done. Oh, wow. Well, I think they're still editing a little bit of it, but I saw uh, Chad showed me it and it is so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I was just like, wow, this is like better than all the first three combined, honestly. And I, I love the John Wick series, but this was like on another level i mean you look at the cast this time it's just so full of incredible actors and to be part of that cast is actually incredible because yeah it's it's a it's a movie franchise that i'm a fan of anyway so just to be part of that is just insane and not just you a couple of other very cool japanese dudes in the cast this time mm-hmm. so, yeah. hiroyuki sanada yeah. um who i love so much he's just so such a wonderful human and he really supported me oh. on my first ever film set and he just gave me so much amazing advice and things i just technically didn't know mm. in in filming so he's wonderful and i read was it shot in germany france and japan i would say that uh so we we're trying to shoot in Japan, but there was COVID restrictions. So we couldn't make that happen, which was really so sad because it was meant to be like, I think the end of the shooting, we were meant to shoot in Japan, but we sadly couldn't. Uh, so we shot all of our uh, scenes in Berlin. And your character, Akira. Yes, Akira. Can you say anything? Uh, what can I say? Um, I don't know what I can say. <laughs> she is... I want you to get in trouble. Well, I know. I don't, you know, because I can tease my own music and I don't really care about as much, you know, revealing as much about that. But yeah, with a uh, film, I don't really know what I'm allowed to say. But Akira uh, is just really badass and I really loved playing the character. Uh-huh. Any martial arts for you in the film? Yes. Uh, I trained for five weeks. It was a lot. It was five days a week, five hours a day. Uh, Chad is a stuntman himself, so he loves real stunts. And I, yeah, I tried to do as much as possible <laughs> without injuring myself. And actually, it was uh, such a great physical experience. I now know I, I've like never pushed myself that much. So I, I really feel like I've reached a new level of kind of fitness. <laughs> Stay that way. <laughs> Not anymore. Oh my god, it's all, it's all, it's all gone back. But yeah. So has the acting bug bit you? Definitely. Definitely. Um, I really, really love the process of getting into character. I love actually turning up on set and it's the same people every day. That's something I also love with music as well, like my team. And that was really, really nice to have that. It's like a one big giant family and the schedules are hard and I have so much respect for actors. It's, it's, it's a really, really tough job, but. Yeah, it's really nice to share that with other people. And mm. the create the creativity is insane, and the kind of skill, the very very specialized skill of all the people on set is in- incredible. We're kind of evening the balance here. You've lived in the UK for a long time with a Japanese passport. I've lived here in Japan for a long time with a British passport. Oh, okay. yeah. So um, I'm I'm kind of glad we've we've evened the balance here. But congratulations on what you did in changing the rules for uh, the Brits and the Mercury. That was a pretty courageous and great thing to do. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I really didn't expect it to blow up like that, actually. And I'm really, really grateful for my fans. Um, without them and all the people who, you know, tweeted about it and was talking about it, uh, it wouldn't, nothing would have changed, actually. So, uh, I, I can't take full credit for it, really. I'm really grateful for the BPI also for changing it as well. And so now it's, now the rule has changed for Mercury's and the Brits and actually, um, an artist called Berwin got nominated and he actually is not a British citizen. So it's already changing people's lives yeah, for the better, hopefully. Yeah. And I think recognition from your peers is obviously a wonderful thing. Are awards, do you think, going to be important for you from today and in the future? Oh, 100%. 
you know, <laughs> I like, I'm not, oh yeah, I'm not, not just like a, you know, not just for like a career goal kind of thing, but when I was growing up, I would, when I would go to like record shops or like CD, not buy CDs, uh, I would look for that sticker, the Mercury Prize sticker. It was like a silver, like reflective holographic sticker. And that to me, you know, having limited resources and not being able to buy every single album, I would always pick the ones that had that sticker on it and decide to check them out. Um, I think the discovery is still the same as well. And I really, especially with Mercury's because it's focused more on albums and I, I'm a, very much an album artist. I really love the process and the journey of an album. So I love that to be another way of discovering like new music. Yeah, I guess I just want that award as well. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun being up on that stage. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, why not? I always speak to people about the power of music. You do what I can't do. You make the music and the soundtrack to our lives. In difficult moments for you, though, do you turn to music? Has music been a great help and a healing force in your life? Oh, definitely. I find that the absence of music is always the reason why I'm kind of depressed. (laughs) Sometimes, often, I forget to listen to music. (laughs) And I don't know if it's because I'm in music and I do music and I just, I guess, the last thing I want to listen to is music after I come away from doing a show or something but when I do forget to listen to music I actually feel like something is very much lacking in my life and then I'm, and then I'm like oh wait I haven't listened to music in in so long and actually like an incredible album can just really reignite my passion for songwriting and um just how to push myself as an artist like definitely like the recent Beyonce album I was like because oh. I'm such a huge huge Beyonce stan and uh to see her do an album like that was really eye-opening and she went straight to number one hell yeah why wouldn't she it's Beyonce (laughs) Inter FM the radio station our catchphrase is find your colours it's about diversity it's about encouraging our listeners to live the life they should and want to be living if anyone's having a tough time here uh, in Japan and they're a fan of yours for someone who is having a difficult time how would you tell them to find their colours I could give a very philosophical answer but I'm going to give quite practical answers I, when I was really struggling mentally and when I feel like I needed help, I reached out online and not to strangers online. You totally can do that, to be honest. I mean, there's so many people who feel the similar way on Twitter and stuff, but on YouTube, there's just so much free resources and information for people who are feeling like, you know, the way that you're feeling. And I think sometimes social media can just be like such an amazing tool for maybe getting, feeling like you're less alone in your situation. And that might be a very boring, practical answer, but honestly, like YouTube has been amazing. Also podcasts to, and just think nice, just kind of gathering information around what you're feeling can actually make you feel so much less alone. Someone has felt what you're feeling and has written a book about it guaranteed so uh read those books you know i mean again very boring but i don't want to give philosophical you know you're going to be great (laughs) answers because i think uh, when someone tells me that i'm just quite like okay cool well i don't know how to do that so here we are in tokyo one of the world's most fashionable cities are you seeing any street fashion are you getting inspired by anything you've seen here this week Have you actually been out in the streets? No, I haven't. (laughs) 
<laughs> I haven't left like a van or Sorry. A <laughs> um, I am planning to do some shopping though, uh, oh. for sure. Although I don't know where to go anymore. Like where's, where's a good place to go for shopping? Ah, I don't well, want to buy like foreign brands. I no. want to buy like, you know, Japanese brands. I think, you know, always the back streets of Harajuku, you always find little nooks and crannies. Um, and just, I don't know, all the cool neighborhoods. I always think Shimika Dazar, but it's mostly yeah. vintage stores. Oh, there. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. It depends what you're really looking for. Oh, definitely vintage. Mm. Okay, go to Shimo. Shimokitazawa, okay. Um, yeah, some Japanese, cool Japanese brands as well, up and coming Japanese brands. Yeah, just a back streets of, back, back streets of. All right, fire, cool. Fire, yeah, because you know, all the big European brands are all everywhere. Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. I don't want to, I, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, I definitely want to seek some Japanese brands. Is there one thing about Japan you absolutely love, tangible or intangible, that maybe the world doesn't know about you'd like to share with the world? Stationery. Oh, stationery. <laughs> stationery. <laughs> Japan has the best stationery. Really? Oh, what do you love? Full stop. I mean, I could literally spend like hours and hours in Lofto or Tokyo Hanzu, <laughs> and I haven't been to Itoya, but I really want to go because apparently that's just like amazing stationery. Oh. Um, pens. Uh, <laughs> just cheap pens are really great. <laughs> and notebooks. Because as someone who writes, like I just love... You know, I just love Bimbogo so much. So, um, and yeah. tactile too, stationery. Yes, very like, and just a smell of like new oh. books and stuff. <laughs> cool. Uh, we're leaving Japan. You can have a passport, credit card, and mobile device. Is there one thing you must have in your life too, apart from stationery? <laughs> oh, oh, I love my facial massager. Oh. I have a refer little mini face massager which i heard that you're not really meant to use every single day because it tugs on your skin too much but when i have a lot of tension in my chin and like from talking too much like (laughs) i'll just massage that and yeah so i definitely have one of those in my bag always and final question if you're going on a journey if you can have a travel companion with you if you could sit down with anyone in the world from history or today who would you love to have a conversation with oh i'll take elton Oh, Even you've, you've already had one with him. We have already had a holiday, <laughs> but I just was so inspired by our, our chats. And um, we were just talking from day, day to night and he just has so many stories. So I, yeah, I would, uh, I would love that. And I love him. So Rina Sawayama, I had a lovely time this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us today. For more interviews and information, please go to guyperryman.com.